at Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. Hello and welcome to episode 140 of the Bronx Beat Podcast, a nice round number. I'm your host, EJ Fagan. Tonight, I'm joined just by Mr. Scott Moss. Hey, EJ. How you doing? I'm doing great. The Yankees aren't doing so great. Uh, the Yankees, uh, as we are recording this, are down by a bunch of runs against the Boston Red Sox. So hopefully that turns around. Probably won't. We're going to talk about the New York Yankees. So just to keep positive, we may be talk- we may be a little bit negative today, just to keep positive. So how about Didi Gregorius? He's been good at baseball. <laughs> He's been very good at baseball. He is uh, he is currently leading, or at least as of this morning, was leading uh, the le- the at least all hitters in uh, all hitters who only hit in uh, wins above replacement. Uh, a hitter who also pitches is, I believe, beating him. Um, he's hit three seventy five, five twenty four, nine oh six. That's great especially coming from someone who predicted him to suck at the beginning of this year. But I think much more interestingly are his plate discipline numbers. Yeah. Gregorius has a 21% walk rate and a 7% strikeout rate. That is nuts, right? Like even if everything regresses back to normal, except for the walk rate, if he gets like, if he ends up with like a 10% walk rate, all of a sudden Gregorius would look like, uh, like an all-star, right? Yeah. You don't have to have, that great a uh, hard contact rate to get enough hits if you were barely making strikeouts. Because I remember, and I wasn't on the episode as busy, where you noted that last year he outperformed how hard he was hitting the ball and his ground ball rate. But if he regresses a bit, but he's improved his plate discipline, then boy, yeah, yeah, you're going to have a good average and a decent number of extra base hits no matter what. Yeah, I mean, he's got some, he has the contact skills that, like, he could basically be Xander Bogarts, like the good version of Xander Bogarts, if he get, if he keeps that walk rate a little bit elevated. And Bogarts isn't an elite walker. He just walks, you know, 8% of the time where Gregorius walked 4 or 5% of the time for most of his career. Um, and, you know, he's shown a little bit more power than than uh, than he has in recent years, even if that power, even if StatCast is skeptical of that power. So I will continue to happily, happily eat crow on Didi Gregorius. As long as as long as I should, um, we're going to start talking about some less good news. Uh, <laughs> since we last recorded, I keep saying this: there have been some injuries. There have been multiple injuries to key New York Yankee players. The first was to CC Sabathia, who went on the ten day DL with a hip injury. Uh, I missed most of this. I was away for most of last week. So Scott, is this is this serious? Do we know much about it? We don't, and this is the sort of injury that. If it were serious, they wouldn't tell us, I think. I'm pretty confident of that. And frankly, I honestly think they don't know in that he's never had a hip problem before. He said that, and there have been no reports of CC ever having a hip problem before. So honestly, if your hip is sore and it's a new injury and you're not young, nobody from CC to medical professionals really knows whether this is going to be a thing that will be with him his whole life or something that will go away in four days. I think they just have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, look, they had the off day, so they were able to skip Sabathia with a 10-day DL uh, stint. So at that, at that point, you're talking about 
you know, one one start that you'll have to fill with somebody from from AAA. Sabathia wasn't looking that good in the first place, I think, and and then this this extra uh, hit problem could like you know st- sap a, just a little bit off of his fastball, which would be a problem. I mean, hip is important for a pitcher. It's something that you need to be in top shape, especially you know given Sabathia's. Uh, you know, diminished abilities. So I, I, at this point, we have no reason to believe that this is going to be a long-term thing, though at his age, anything could be a long-term thing. Uh, more importantly, Scott, I want to know who should the Yankees call up to replace him? As far as I can tell, they have like three options. I'm going to add a fourth option in that I th- don't think is an option anymore. The fourth option would be bullpen day, right? <laughs> it's one day, um, you you just kind of let the bullpen handle it, but the bullpen, the Yankee bullpen, I don't think can handle that right now. Uh, <laughs> far from it. <laughs> yeah, if, the if they had the bullpen they thought, and if the starters were going deep, then you could say sure, maybe. But given that the starters haven't gone deep, often haven't, and the bullpen hasn't been lights out like we thought, yeah, no, not a bullpen day. And the extra inning days really also killed them. Like they've they've even yeah. they've had days where they've gotten like some length out of their starters, but they've had the two 14 inning games, right? I mean that's just or 12 and 14 inning games, right? It's just a, it's been a problem early in the season, and they haven't had a lot of off days up until uh, yesterday. Excuse me. Um, so the here are the actual options as far as I can tell: Luis Sessa, who's currently on the roster. Uh, Domingo Herman, who's on the roster, pitched a couple of days ago, so I'm not sure if he could go a full 100 pitches, but is 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 an option out there. And interestingly, Chance Adams is lined up to pitch on those days. Uh, of those options, who who sounds interesting? Um, I think Herman is the one who sounds interesting, and there are a couple of things that go into it. <laughs> it's interesting that you said who sounds interesting because there are a couple of factors here. One is you and <laughs> I, I didn't say who sounds good because I didn't right, want you to say right. no. Well, I mean, okay, at the risk of covering too many things at once, Chance Adams sounds good. Luis Sessa sounds horrible, but you and I are in agreement that honestly, we don't know what they see in Luis Sessa. But I almost feel like, you know what would be great is if they give Sessa two starts. And if he's bad, can they just put the Louis Sessa experiment out of his misery and then release him? You know what I don't want is he just keeps soaking up time and delaying some chance on his promotion in June because, hey, we have Louis Sessa. So I almost wish they just give him the two starts for CC and then just let him sink or swim. Because have you seen anything that indicates that Louis Sessa potentially is a good member of the Yankees for the rest of the season or next year? I mean, I have very little faith in Luis Sessa, but in spring training, the buzz was that he had he had improved. He didn't look very different in spring training to me. Yeah. Um, so, like, I – so let's – chance the thing about Chance Adams, there's a couple of things. One, he's, he's not on the 40-man roster. And so we, we're going to talk about the 40-man roster in a second. That could cause problems at the moment because it's a one-start thing, presumably – and you're going to have to probably DFA somebody in order to make it happen. Um, maybe you want to do that. We can talk about who that can be. But I think that's uh, that that kind of, for me, for one start kind of pushes him out. He also didn't have a great first start to the season. It's only one start. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'd like to see him maybe if if he's, he's lined up to pitch. I think he pitched tonight. Um, I should check that. And, um, you know, if that's the case, that means that I think you uh, – you uh, need to – if he has a really good start, you can reconsider it. Uh, but basically, I think I think you hit him out there. I think Domingo Herman's a good pitcher. I think the only way you can know if his excellent AAA numbers are going to be reproduced in the major leagues is if you pitch him in the major leagues. And for they've been pitching him like in relief 
and like and like long relief at that. Um, they haven't really given him a real audition at the major leagues. And you got a spot start. He's on the 40-man roster. You should just do it. Like, I don't see any reason not to give him this start. Not to say, hey, like, you get your full day of rest. You get 85 to 90 pitches. Go out there. Let's see what you can do. Um, if he sucks, then the Yankees gain something. They gain information about this player who, you know, they are going to have to make a decision on at some point. He has better numbers at AAA in, in, in a lot of ways than Chance Adams does. He certainly has better numbers than Luis Sessa does. And he's young. He's got a great, he's got great stuff. Like, I just don't, I still, we've been talking about this for like six months. I don't understand what the block is with Herman. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, one interesting thing is that he is actually only about three months younger than Sessa in that they're oh, both wow. going to turn uh, Sessa. Ooh, happy birthday, Luis Sessa. In two weeks, he turns 26. Uh, Domingo Herman turns 26 in August. Not that August is around the corner, but the point is that unlike with Chance Adams, who's 23, I think Domingo Herman is what he's going to be if you're over 25 and a half, closing in on 26. I think we can dispense with the idea that he needs two more months to become a different guy at AAA. He is what he is. He's been doing great at AAA, and he's had the strikeouts. He hasn't had the walks. He seems like there are no red flags in his profile at AAA. But more importantly, he's older. Now, that's partly because he's missed time, but he is what he is. I don't think there's any benefit to leaving him down a couple months, whereas there might be with Adams. You hear them talking about Adams, you know, having good enough control, but not great control or command. So I feel like in a way, Herman's, I think, a lot more talented than Sessa, but they're both in the same spot where you just figure out which one you need. And if Sessa's garbage, he's your 40-man spot for Chance Adams in two months or a month or tomorrow. Yeah, uh, so I think we basically agree there. We'll, we'll see. The Yankees haven't announced it yet. They don't have to for a little bit because of the skip start. Uh, so we'll, we'll see there. I, I'd like to talk more, more broadly about the 40-man roster. Brandon Drury is also injured. He's injured with migraines, uh, which we don't really know what that is. It could be something very serious. It could be something less serious. Um, this was news to Brian Cashman when he was sent down. So we, we don't have a lot of information on Drury, but I'm presuming that he could be on the DL for a little bit. I mean, I, it doesn't sound like he's, he's you know, uh, they, they, this is the kind of, of issue that you don't just, you don't just heal, right? I mean, this seems like something that, that has a cause that needs to be found and addressed. Am I, am I wrong about that or... Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that's really uncertain. We were talking about CC Sabathia's hip, but this isn't a known major league injury. This is just a medical condition. And there are people who have migraines their whole life. And then there are people who figure out that if they, you know, stop putting paprika in their food, they're going to be fine. So it's, I feel like I'm sure they're having teams of medical professionals on it, but um, it could be just life crippling or that's less likely, but anywhere from life crippling to, oh, I feel better tomorrow. Um, and so now the Yankees have a dilemma on their 40-man roster. They just have, as we've been talking about, a ton of people on the 10- or 7-day DLs, right? So currently you have CC Sabathia on the disabled list. You have Greg Bird on the 10-day DL, Brandon Drury on the 10-day DL, Jacoby Ellsbury, Clint Frazier, Aaron Hicks, who should return later this week, and Billy McKinney. As a result, they have really reduced reserves at AAA or, or on the 40-man roster whom they could, excuse me, whom they could call up. So currently sitting at you know on on the forty man roster but not in the major leagues are 
Albert Abreu, probably not going to call up anytime soon. He's there to protect him from the from the Rule 5 draft. Domingo Acevedo, same thing, maybe gets called up in an emergency for relief, but will be kind of like some of the relief call-ups they had two years ago where they're not going to see he's not going to see very much action. Giovanni Gallegos, I think is pretty good, but so far he's been called up. He hasn't done very well. He's an option to, 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 to be called up. Jonathan Holder has been terrible this season, has not been good, just got sent down again, can't be called up for a little bit more, um, probably starts to becoming a DFA candidate fairly soon. Jonathan Lasagna, Lazan- Lazan- I, I apologize to his family, I can't pronounce that, um, not an option, prospect low, way, way low down on there to protect him from the roster. Kyle Higashioka, backup catcher, don't need him right now. Thyro Estrada, might be an option to be called up. I think he's still recovering from his offseason bullet wound and is, you know, would probably not a great option. Glaber Torres, going to talk about him in a second. That's it. That's the options, right? The Yankees have like two relief pitchers, Glaber Torres and Thyro Estrada, and that's all they have in terms of reserves right now. And it's a problem. It's a problem, one, because they're using their 40-man roster to protect players that they just can't call up. And two, because they have a whole bunch of relief pitchers on their 40-man roster who probably aren't their best option as Major League Reserve relief pitchers right now. The Ben Heller uh, 60-day DL, Tommy John surgery really to hurt them. Uh, But I think much more importantly, guys like Chance Adams and frankly like Herman, who's in the majors, but are... That's the guy that needs to fill in the bullpen right now. And they can't call them up because they can't add them to the 40-man roster because they got a lot of junk on the 40-man roster. So am I wrong? Is there something the Yankees could do about this? Is this just a problem that with no solution, Scott, or, or what? Yeah, I totally agree. And I think the solution is to figure out which guys in your team are people who might have a role, but there's almost no downside to getting rid of them because they're basically replacement level or at best a tick above. So... Take Chase and Shreve or Giovanni Gallegos or Luis Sessa, right? We can debate each one maybe, but what's the ceiling for each one? And is it really better than your standard righty reliever? Because like take a, a Gallegos, you know, he he's almost 27 and he is a righty who is yeah, he's a righty who throws a fastball on a slider. I mean, which to say he's Preston Claiborne or Judge Contos or Jonathan Holder. You know, he's these guys grow on trees. I don't see a major ceiling for him. If he was going to become the next big thing, he would have done it by age 27 or so already. Uh, we talked about Sessa and Jason Shreve, I just don't get. I mean, he's a lefty, and I get the perception that they need a lefty, but I looked up. His career splits. He is three OPS points better against lefties than righties. Like, not 333. Which is to say he's not a lefty specialist. I mean, a decent righty is the same as Luis Sessa against lefties. So... I don't see a lot of evidence that he has value or Gallegos or Sessa. I mean, sure, maybe they have some favorite among them, but what do you think about any of those three guys? There's something else to I say. I mean, Shreem like, has been fine this year. Like, he, he gave up the extra inning, extra inning uh, 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 against the – whoever it was. What was it? Against the Orioles, right? They gave it up against the Orioles, but it was – I mean, it was like the, he, had, he had thrown like 45 pitches. And so I got – like I understood it. Like he's a short reliever. He needs to be using short relief. And right now the Yankees have enough pitchers who aren't performing that I don't think now is the right time to get rid of him. But, yeah, I agree. I don't think I don't think that he has a strong place in this roster. I think somebody like Gallegos you got to think about. 
I think you got to think about what the hell you're doing with Domingo Acevedo at this point, who's been just cl- slowly climbing ever so little bit through the minors. And, you know, everybody who looks at him says he's a future reliever. At some point, I think the Yankees just need to make him a reliever. Um, and there's, you know, Chance Adams might be a guy in that same category as well. They, they need to they, – they have too much indecision on the 40-man roster right now. Um, I think Shane Robinson was probably up just to play against Chris Sale, and he's probably gone, so he might have like one other spot right there. You know, the Yankees The Yankees have a lot of needs. Um, I also think that you got to start thinking about moving Greg Bird to the 60-day DL. I don't know when he's going to be ready, but, you know, I don't think the 68 DL is really going to cut you off very much. There's there's just a, a lot of a lot of slack right now, yeah. And and you know I'd love to be able to bring up another another hitter. Uh, I think there's an infield problem, and I think uh, you know maybe that player is Glaber Torres, but we can talk about that. Yeah, and what I would do is leave Herman up. I would bring up Adams and get rid of whoever is their least favorite out of Sessa or Gallego. So maybe Shreve, but yeah, Shreve is a little more proven than majors. My thing about Shreve is just that at his age, 27 and a half, he has a career of 4.4 walks per nine. So He's never a guy they're going to trust in high leverage situation. He neither is at his best lights out nor enough control. So given that he is at best, you know, competent filler, I see no real downside to giving him up, even if he could have a competent, uninspiring career somewhere else. But the thing about Chance Adams and the bullpen is this, which is that he's in AAA. He's clearly good enough to blow guys away at AAA and same with Herman. I think that even if they end up long relievers, then I think they could learn a lot at the major league level. I honestly sometimes feel like I don't understand the leave a guy AAA to learn as much as bring him up and have him be a reliever or long reliever because you presumably like your pitching coach better at the majors than at Scranton, right? And the pitching coach in the majors is the guy who's going to work with him long term. So I would actually love to see Adams and Herman, whose stuff will also play up in the bullpen, Brought in as relievers, and if things go well for them and they develop, they can be starters next year or later this year. You can stretch them out a bit. Uh, some of their relief can be very long relief to keep them a little stretched out. But I, I think that they would outperform, you know, guys like Gallegos and uh, Sessa, who really have no real future here. So let's talk about Gleyber Torres. So Brandon Drury, let's say he's injured for a little bit. Gleyber Torres right now is hitting 348, 348, 565. If I'm not mistaken, if the Yankees uh, wait to call him up, I think Saturday or Sunday, they can uh, get his extra year of, uh, of uh, team control. He is off for this hot start. He is playing shortstop and second base. The Yankees have a clear need there. The Yankees have been playing Ronald Torres too much. They've been playing Tyler Austin, I think, too much against righties occasionally. Uh, Neil Walker has been um, uh, has been leading off and, and, and doing some interesting things. Um, but I think they need a, need the player. Tyler Wade has not performed very well. Would you call up Glaber Torres? Let's say Glaber Torres is still batting 348, 348, 565 four days from now. Would you call him up on Saturday or Sunday? I might give it another week or two, and here's why. Um, early season, small sample size and all, it's hard to know whether to worry about a guy after a good week, bad week. The minors have only played a couple games, fewer than the majors. But also in AAA, you never know. AAA is a weird, weird mix. You'll get guys who are basically major league quality. I mean, like Chance Adams and Domingo Herman starting at AAA or, you know, major league quality starters on most teams. But they have some guys at AAA who were just complete and utter garbage. What I don't know is quality of opponent, in other words. Did 
Torres just feast on the worst of Triple A. So he actually he hit one of those. I think the homer came off a rehabbing starter, if I remember correctly. But okay. but yeah, point taken. Yeah, so uh, I, just, I just feel like I need a little more sample size to trust it. But in concept, yeah, I wouldn't give it till the end of April if he's hitting well. Yeah, I mean, look, I I think at the when when he went out with an injury, he was basically major league ready. And so there, the, there's a couple of questions, right? One is the injury holding him back. So far, it hasn't. Maybe maybe if he plays a little more, he gets a little fatigued or something. But I, it seems to me like his elbow is healed, and he will not have a problem uh, playing baseball professionally full time any uh, anytime soon. Then the second question is 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 his rust shaken off? And if his rust is shaken off, which it appears to be, and he appears to be at basically the exact same place he was when he was at AAA last year, I, I mean, I think it's time, right? I mean, I think, I, you know, the Yankees, if the Yankees didn't need him, if Brandon Drury was not injured, I would say, you know, let's 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 keep him playing. He's probably not that much better than Brandon Drury right now, right now. But that's clearly not the case, right? You have guys like Andrew Jar playing, not playing that great. You got Wade, you got Torres. All getting at bats, all not having a, a very good time. I think you go with your best horse. And I think your best horse right now is Glaber Torres, um, or, or probably will be in you know uh, fairly soon. No, I totally, um, now, yeah, totally agree. If Brandon, if Brandon Drury isn't that hurt, hurt that badly, I think this this changes, right? Like then in that case, don't call him up. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it gets to whom he's replacing. So how useful is Glaber Torres depends on whose spot he's taking. So. If Drury were healthy and he were able to play basically every day and Wade were okay, then I feel like you want to see Gleyber Torres show he's ready to be a good major leaguer or as ready as you can guess for that. But if he just has to be better than Ronald Torres, Ronald Torres, like clockwork in AAA and the majors, has had about a 690 OPS. He basically hits for a middle to high average batting average and does absolutely nothing else. No power, no speed, no walks. So... What's, what are the odds that if Gleyber Torres is showing that he's killing AAA pitching, what are the odds he's much worse than that, right? And by much worse, I mean he's already a better fielder than Torres, who sort of can fake it at a lot of positions. But if Ronald, if Gleyber Torres is a 650 OPS, he's a better player than Ronald Torres and also has more hope of getting better. So I think Gleyber Torres would have to hit like 230 with no power to be worse than Ronald Torres right now, and I think he's better than that. I agree. So let's move on. So we're going to do just a kind of a quick, I guess we're going to be doing this a lot this this season, <laughs> a quick segment called Are You Worried About? <laughs> Where I name a player and Scott tells me whether or not he is worried about that player right now. Uh, so we're going to lead off with the big one, Mr. Gary Sanchez. Are you worried about Gary Sanchez? I say medium worried in that, look, you could go on a hot streak and be fine. But when you're talking about whether a small sample size is big enough to be worrisome, there's a big difference between he's hitting 200 in a small sample size and he's two for 37, right? Or whatever it is. I think that's what it is. Um, That's really troubling. So it makes me think not that he became a bad hitter because I don't think a hitter, yeah, he's two for 37. Uh, And I don't think a hitter as good as Gary Sanchez, who I honestly think before the season, I was saying he's, Basically as good as Stanton and Judge, he may have some more bang-ups every now and there's a catcher. But that's the question is, I would think he hasn't lost his hitting chops or I don't think he's the league caught on to him. Because he's a more complete hitter in a way than Judge or Stanton. Even if they're better, he struck out less. I suspect there's something banged up about him. This cramp or whatever it is he got, this ouchie. I, I just would wild guess this has been lingering. It's reminding me too much of Greg Bird, who was a super reliable hitter when he, the first time, was suddenly hitting 100 out of nowhere. He didn't forget to hit. 
he had too complete a hitting game for that. It was a sign he was hurt, so I worry that Gary's banged up a little. Yeah, I, I think, look, there's no no one is looking at Gary Sanchez and being like, oh, man, he, he got fat, or, oh, man, it looks like his swing sucks. Like, no, he's just he's just had bad results. Like, he was fine in the spring. No one was worried about him until about four days ago. He might be a little bit beat up. He's been dealing with that calf injury. He caught a ton of innings in that 14-inning game, even though I, I, I respect the fact that he caught that many innings, but Michael K doesn't need to tell me about it. There's many times Michael K told me about it. Regardless, right, Nothing to be concerned about with there. There's no, we have no priors to believe that Gary Sanchez isn't as good as he's been. He has been Gary Sanchez, best hitting catcher in the American League, since he was the day he was called up in 2016. And I, there's no reason at this point, I think, to doubt that that won't return. Well, right. Just to, just to follow up though, his batted ball profile on Fangraphs, his line drive rate is 3.7 percent, and his hard hit contact rate is down to like 25 percent. So there's something off about him. I suspect it's just bruised up or something's a little sore or something. Just because if you're catching at all, you can't have like a big rip somewhere if you're squatting, right? I doubt it's a big thing. It must be just bruises, bang ups, because he's so off in how he's hitting that there's something really off about that. I mean, I you could look up, <laughs> Ronald Torres has not had a line drive rate as low as 3.7%. So there's something yeah, off. I yeah. mean, his ex-Woba is 231, right? So so it's not bad at ball luck, but like right. regression isn't just bad at ball luck, right? It right. is it is just going coming back to your, your talent level of performance. Um, and it's been eight games. Uh, so moving on from Gary Sanchez, much more interesting question, Giancarlo Stanton. Are you worried about Giancarlo Stanton? And corollary question, should you boo Giancarlo Stanton? <laughs> I think we have an answer. <laughs> I'm tempted to say I'm not worried, but let's boo him, right? You know, just to make no sense. Um, I'm not worried in the slightest, honestly, because, you know, the contrast from Sanchez is that Stanton's hitting badly, but with a, I think, two for four today, he's up to 200. 200 isn't good, but hey, he's not hitting 0 50 like Sanchez. You know, there's a big difference between a slump at the start of the season, like two for 37. And a slump like you're 10 for 50, right? There's a big difference in that. And Stan has three home runs and he hit his third double today. And big oafish power guys are streaky because when they miss uh, by a half an inch, they'll strike out five times in a day like he does. And he's, I haven't looked this up, but uh, dollars of donuts, you could look up every year Stan's career and he's going to have some stretch where he's hot garbage for 50 at bats. And again, this isn't even garbage. His OPS is over 700. And I just think that, you know, also there's a big difference in my mind between a guy with Stanton's track record. He's been a good hitter for many years and someone who maybe hasn't proven it as fully. So I'm not worried at all. You? No, I'm not. I'm not worried much. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give my like little, little bit of worry right here. And that is that, you know, going into this season, we said Giancarlo Stanton, not only is he an awesome home run hitter, but he's a guy who brought his strikeout rate down from essentially leading the league in strikeout rate or, or close to it to... Uh, 22%, right, to, to just above average. And if he is changing back to old Giancarlo Stanton, that's not a great sign. It's not really a bad sign. Like, we don't we don't expect that his power will also regress back uh, when Barry Bonds isn't his hitting coach. Um, but we, we think that Giancarlo Stanton will, like, will at the very least be 50 home runs in 240, and we were hoping maybe he's 50 home runs in 280. And that's that's a difference. I think you're completely right that he's a streaky hitter. You know, just by pure luck, like all, any kind of home run hitter is going to be streaky because you're relying upon kind of random, very infrequent events. 
And a home run, even when you're hitting 60 of them, isn't something that occurs all that frequently. And so he can be putting up a, a, an ex-Woba right now on StatCast of 357 and still look bad. And that's not um, rather, you know, th- that means there's a lot of luck. I think there's still a little bit of performance that, that Giancarlo Stanton, to get back to where he was last year, needs to do. Like, so he is not just all bad at ball luck, but it's mostly bad at ball luck. You know what it reminds me of his last year? Uh, the dark side of this discussion was you're making exactly that point that it takes a little longer, more weeks to figure yeah, out. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, Coach Carter? <laughs> Coach Carter? Chris Carter, yes. <laughs> you're saying, like, how many weeks of hitting 200 without enough power before you're convinced Chris Carter is garbage versus just having that 50 at bat stretch? And the answer was he was garbage. But, you know, Stanton, obviously, there's uh, less concern with that. Um, but, you know, also this year, um, looking at it, you know, again, we're all talking about small sample size. His hard contact rate this year has been 50%. That's better than any year in the majors he's had. I'm not saying he's a better hitter than any year, but there's got to be some bad luck in it. And it's probably the strikeout rate, of course. But when you have, when you're John Carlos Stanton, first of all, nobody has a hard contact rate of 50%. That's insane. But when it's better than any prior John Carlos Stanton year, that tells me, yeah, it's strikeouts, but it also is um, just, you know, he's hitting a mad people. Yeah, so uh, trivia question. Who hit more home runs from 2014 to 2016, Chris Carter or Giancarlo Stanton? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it would be Chris Carter. <laughs> yeah, I was guessing this, yeah, yeah, this when he did nothing else and he didn't miss the time with injuries. But, yes, I mean, it stands in the hell of the ball. What I wonder, and I don't tend to like explanations like he's nervous, he's pushing too hard in a new city. I think that's a lot of lazy, lazy sports writerness. But when they see the Stanton is hitting like immensely hard contact and striking at 40% of the time, I wonder if he's – Honestly, just swinging too hard, kind of like Severino in that wild card game where he just was overamped and kept the ball up and was throwing 110 miles an hour. Because Stanton, I read some quote, I don't know if you saw it, I think it was underreported, that last year, I think it was, he said he was swinging a tick less hard and getting better results because John Carlos Stanton hitting at 91%, you know, strength is stronger than most other humans. I wonder if he just went back, like you're saying, this is what it would mean to go back to prior John Carlos Stanton is swinging full bore. And that'll yield a great hard contact rate, but 40% strikeouts. Yeah, so okay, let's move on. We're not very worried about Giancarlo Stanton. I'm going to ask you about a player that I haven't actually seen play much because I was away at a conference, Miguel Andujar. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'd say not worried, as not worried as you could be about a rookie, because with him it's only 22 plate appearances, and he hasn't been striking out. So he's been making contact, which is his bread and butter. Uh, but that said, you can... Never be so confident in a rookie. And my caution, the cautionary tale about that is Phil Hughes. Uh, going back to the day, I know it's going back a while, but Phil Hughes, I just remember as the guy who was the can't miss. He had multiple pitches. He had the control. He had the strikeouts. He did everything right. And he was just never good with the Yankees, uh, really, not on a prolonged basis. So Andrew Har has as complete a hitting game as you can imagine. He has just enough power that you believe he can hit in the majors. He doesn't strike out much. So I'd be more confident in him than even a slightly better hitter, like maybe a Clint Frazier, who could have too much swing and miss and more growing pains. In other words, I'd expect Andrew Hart not to have growing pains, but you never really know. How has his defense looked? Have you caught much of it? I have not. And I don't, yeah. how many games have they had him play through? Not this? that many. Not that many. Yeah, that. yeah. So, that, you know, it's not enough jury still out, I think. Oh, he's played, yeah, he's played three games with 30s. Hasn't made any errors. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, um, I, to me, that's the question. I think he's going to hit if you just give him some time to adjust to the majors. I, the, the question for me is, can he play defense? And so that, that's what, to keep, what, what we should keep an eye on. Last but not least, 
Are you, Scott Moss, worried about the New York Yankees? <laughs> they are 5-6. and six. Their bullpen has been a problem. Their starting pitching has underperformed a little bit, sort of. And uh, half the team is injured. Are you worried? Yeah, um, but not in the sense that I think they're a bad team or not as good as I thought. If I had to guess right now, I'd say the Yankees are still, uh, you know, the over-under for their win total would probably still have to be in the mid-90s, I think, right? Um, they've had a lot of injuries, but very few of them are the key players. They're not the team that... Um, you remember that year, was like three years ago, where they lost three first basemen in a row? Right? Oh, God, like, yes. Right? Right? That was the, the Lyle Overbay era or whatever it was. Um, so they lost Bird, but, you know, as much as I like Greg Bird... He'll be back. I, I still, you know, maybe I'm Charlie Brown getting the football taken away, but I still have confidence that Bird will be fine. But I feel like they're, you know, they have some guys slumping that we just covered that we're not that worried about, Sanchez and Stanton. And once they start hitting, that's another run of game they'll get. And But the main reason I'm worried is just that the Red Sox are 9-1. and one, The Yankees are 5-6. and six. The win probability, uh, not win, the playoff, pro, the probability of winning the AL East. I forget if it's on fan graphs or baseball respectus. The Red Sox just went up from 35% to 50%. And that's just because if the Yankees or Red Sox play the same the rest of the year, the Red Sox have banked a four and a half game lead. Or put differently, if the Yankees play like a 96 win team the rest of the year and the Red Sox play like a 93 win team, the Red Sox make the playoffs on the Yankees. Yeah, I'm totally with you. And that's why I think the, that's why I'm thinking about Gleyber Torres, right? Like the Yankees got to put their best team out there and, and that, that may just be their best team. I'm fine waiting till he's, till you have the extra year of eligibility. But besides that, it's, I, I just think it's a no brainer at, at this point. You, you, you give your, you give the player with that much talent a, a chance to re- really shine. I will say just about Greg Bird's replacement, the Yankees have actually gotten pretty good, pretty good production out of Tyler Austin. Um, you know, he's got an 858 OPS. He's got a 360 something X Woba. Like he's, he's actually, I think kind of impressed me. I think I want to end on a happy note. So I think that that's my happy note. Yeah. I had very little faith in Tyler Austin. Um, you know, just one other thing, um, we were talking about, uh, Red Sox, Yankees is that, um, I still have faith that they're, you know, about the same team, um, that they were, but I think that there's this tendency that if you're a playoff team, or a team that is contending or thinks is contending, you get risk averse, right? Because you can't take chances on the rookie or something like that. I think that's kind of backwards in that if you're in, let's say you're in a garbage division, right? <laughs> um, then fine, you just have to win 93, 94 games, whatever. But if you're in a good division and Boston's a good team, um, you think they're a little overrated, fair point, but they're a low to mid 90s win team. That's the main, you know, disagreeing about Boston. I think that to be a 96-97 win team, you have to be both good and lucky. You can't just assume you're going to get to 97 wins. I think that to win a tough division, you have to take some chances. You can't play it risk-averse because risk-averse leads you to do things like keep Ronald Torres getting playing time over a rookie. Or let's say in a month from now, if Brandon Drury or Neil Walker is playing solidly, but Andujar and Torres are tearing up AAA. You know, I think playing a bunch of guys with like a 700 OPS is a recipe for never hitting 96-97 wins. And then you miss uh, the ALEs lead by one. Yeah, I'm with you there. And I think to me, to me, I'm more concerned about the bullpen than anything. I, I think that, you know, there, Tommy Canley, we, we kind of mentioned, not having a very good start. Dylan Patanzas hasn't looked good at times. You know, the, some of the top guys have looked pretty much fine. And if the Yankees don't have one of the better bullpens and – Maybe their starting rotation is a hair worse than we thought it was. The, you know, we, they haven't been all that bad to start the season. 
Um, you know, you start, you know, looking at that 96 win team and saying maybe it's a 92 win team, right? And at that point, after the, after the slow start, you start looking at it and going, oh, okay, this is, this is a wild card team. Um, and, you know, with Luis Severino pitching the wild card game. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, it's definitely, I'm definitely less confident than I was two weeks ago. Yeah. And just to follow up on the bullpen point, Jeff Sullivan had an article on Fangraphs where he ran the numbers and the reliability of starting pitchers year to year is double the reliability of relievers. That is the correlation between starter performance year to year is pretty solid. The correlation uh, of how well a good reliever is going to pitch the next year is like half as reliable. And you can see that with these guys, right? I mean, a guy like Batances who had it going on for years can just lose it. Canely had good control last year, but this year's control is hot garbage. And today he threw nine strikes out of 23 pitches he got two outs and walked three guys, right? The relievers just as basically two-pitch guys who often have okay, not great control. They have just such little margin for error between their great and their what Batantis was at the end of last year or Canely might be now. So, yeah, it could be a weakness. But again, the Yankees, I, I don't want to just veer too wildly from this is a shutdown bullpen, it'll be the strength to the bullpen is garbage. I mean, when you have this many guys who projected to be good relievers, they're not going to all miss, right? So they might have a good bullpen, not a great bullpen, but I still think the Yankees have a good rotation. So they maybe need a bullpen less than a team that has a garbage or middling rotation and needed to rely on the bullpen for the close game. So I'm still pretty confident in the team, but less confident than the, you know, getting the playoffs over Boston. All right. Well, on that note, thank you all for listening. This has been episode 140 of your Bronx Beat podcast. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted.